Good morning. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The views expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the KUCI management the or the University of California Board of Regents. Welcome to Ask a Leader. This is Claudia Shambaugh, your host. Today on Ask a Leader, we're going to post you on the labor movement again, live from OC. Returning to Ask a Leader will be Jennifer Muir, Communications Director for Orange County Employees Association. And joining her will be Rick Iden, Executive Vice President of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 324 in Buena Park. Later accompanying me here in Studio A will be the student body presidents and other officers of the high schools throughout Irvine Unified School District. We'll see what they've got in store for their constituents. Sees, we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us here on Ask a Leader today. We have uh, as our first uh, guests, we have Jennifer Muir as the Communications Director for the Orange County Employees Association, the county's largest public employee union representing 18,000 people in the county, cities, and uh, you know special districts. Rick Ryden is Executive Vice President of United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 324 in Buena Park, where uh, he's representing retail food and drug w- workers. He's also the president of the Orange County Labor Federation. He's been with the UFCW Local 324 for 21 years and is president of the Labor Federation for 13 years. Welcome, Jennifer Muir and Rick Iden. Thank you for having us. Hi, Rick. Hi, Jennifer. Th- yeah, thanks for having us. I'm glad to have you both today. Last spring, we saw more than 210 Costa Mesa, um, well, let's see, of their 472 employees were given notices of layoffs, and that development has been closely watched by uh, the media all over the country, not just our own local media outlets. And so I wanted for the two of you um, to tell us um, since now there was an enjoining of the layoff to take effect in Costa Mesa, uh, can you both of us post us on what is the current status of the municipal workers there in Costa Mesa? Sure, this is Jennifer. I can um, take that. We are now about six months out from the day that uh, the the politicians on the Costa Mesa City Council decided to send out layoff notices. And to, what a six months it's been. It's, it's been about six months. It was um, on St. Patrick's Day, actually, they decided to blanket the city in pink slips before ever studying whether it would save any money or evaluating the impact to the community. And um, they did so because they felt like they would be able to outsource and save money right away. Well, here we are six months later, um, and the only thing they've done is hired a slew of no-bid contracts contractors to um, to sort of clean up the mess they made by pursuing this ill-advised strategy. So here we are today. Um, 
we, uh, a court has uh, issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting the city from laying off its employees uh, and outsourcing their jobs to the private sector. And uh, the court just, I'm sorry, the city just tried to appeal that to the fourth district court of appeals, and that was uh, summarily denied. So, you know, we continue to move forward, and our employees there uh, continue to come to work every day, do the best job they can for the community, and um, and the public continues to show up at meetings. In fact, there's a city council meeting tonight. Tonight? Go um, tell us those particulars, because there's listeners, they're streaming us live on KUCI, or at www.kuci.org, and they're listening to us on KUCI 88.9 FM. Jennifer, tell us where that hearing is going to be tonight. Sure, the city council meeting tonight is at 6 p.m. at Costa Mesa City Hall, and that's on Fair Drive in Costa Mesa. Right opposite those fairgrounds. Nobody has any excuse not to know where to go. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there, the members of the community regularly pack the council chambers from all sides of the political spectrum because they've seen what the city council is doing there is virtually destroying the city. In fact, tonight it's interesting. There's, you know, um, some more spending on the city council agenda um, uh, for lawyers that um, that are that they've hired to uh, fight the to to, to fight uh, the preliminary injunction. And you know, the state law we we believe the case is very strong. It prohib- prohibits them from doing what they've done. And so, um, if you have a strong opinion about that, please come down to City Hall and tell the City Council to change their spending priorities and um, and cancel the layoff notices. Rick, do you have something to add to that? Are you are, you, are your peeps going to be there? Well, I'll say this. We have seen attacks on working families throughout this country, starting with Wisconsin. And now it's come here to our backyard in in Orange County, in Costa Mesa. And the labor movement and, and our membership is absolutely appalled with the actions of the city council in Costa Mesa. And we know that that's, it's not going to stop with Costa Mesa. If we, if we don't make a stand here, if our members and workers and working families don't make a stand here, this is going to spread throughout uh, the state of California, throughout municipalities, throughout Orange and Los Angeles and San Diego and Riverside counties, uh, to show that uh, the, the, the lack of value that corporations or cities put on workers. They're looking at uh, uh, contracting these jobs out. These these workers have earned decent living livings in those communities. They're able to contribute back to those communities, and now those city councils want to take uh, all of those jobs away from from those hardworking men and women. And it's sad to see what's happening, uh, not just in Costa Mesa but around the country, with the attacks. It was a very sad day. Uh, uh, for Labor Day to be when when we see what has been happening uh, in this country and the blame that corporate America has put on hardworking men and women in this country. Uh, it's very, very frustrating, and I know uh, Jennifer and the Orange County Employees Associations are, are feeling that firsthand as they're being attacked uh, there in the city of Costa Mesa. So we are with uh, the our brothers and sisters with the Orange County Employees Association and the uh, Orange County Labor Federation uh, and its membership will be strongly behind to, uh, the Orange County Employees Association and working men and women in this county to make sure that we get fair wages and benefits and protect those good jobs that we have in our community. Well, Jennifer, you've been, um, you're uh, in the, the thick of this that uh, as the many media outlets have been covering these developments, we can see that uh, 
let's be honest that the municipal workers have been wanting to negotiate in good faith um, take care of some of the pressure that their compensation packages are putting on the municipal budget uh, where where is the middle ground where where um, where are we right now sure what's what's really sad about the situation and um, and Rick is right it's the situation that's playing out across America um, is that this is not about the budget in Costa Mesa. This is about a group of politicians who want to um, who want to eliminate the voice of working people by laying off the workforce. They feel like if they lay off all the employees, then they won't have to deal with the unions, and that workers will no longer be able to collectively bargain for fair um, wages. And the example that I'll give you in Costa Mesa is, you know, that before the city council took took seat, they came to the table, our employees came to the table, made some really meaningful concessions. But no matter what we've done, you know, we've made overture after overture, um, we will come back to the table and address any pers- any real financial issue that the city council um, needs to address. But, but they've refused to do that. Um, they've manufactured a budget crisis in order to lay off in order to send these layoff notices to the workforce. And the reason they've done that is because they want to eliminate the voice of working people in Costa Mesa. And so I fear that, you know, no matter what we do, um, as long as they, um, as long as working people have a voice, they they have indicated that they want to continue uh, fighting back against that. And that's why it's just so important in Costa Mesa and Wisconsin and across the country, um, we continue to stand up and fight for working people. You know, right now we're at a we're at a critical point in our nation's history where the richest 400 Americans have as much wealth as 154 million Americans. That's about 50 percent of the entire country. And if we don't work together to responsibly um, fight for fair living wages and good jobs for the middle class, it's just going to continue to erode. I just want to remind uh, those who are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming live on KUCI.org. We're talking to Jennifer Muir, Communications Director for the Orange County Employees Association, and Rick Ryden, uh, Executive Vice President of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, local in Buena, Buena, Par- uh, Buena Park. Um, and so, uh, wow, where to go with this? Um, so tonight's meeting... Uh, does what? Where is the joining of the um, the layoff? Where? How far is this going to? Where's the next jurisdiction to hear this? Well, the Republican Party in Costa Mesa had a plan. Um, I'm sorry, the Republican Party in Orange County and um, and statewide had a plan. They wanted to make Costa Mesa the sort of petri dish for this. We talked about that with Nick Annis and you, yes, in the spring. We're exactly. taking this back up again. And they, you know, they still continue to have the video on on the website about how the battle against Obama's union bosses begins in your city. And so, what they really hoped was to try this in Costa Mesa and let it um, and let it spread. And it's one of the reasons why we've been so diligent and so aggressive in um, in making sure that the public understands what's really happening here, that this is not about the budget. This is not about, um, you know, making a good community. It's actually destroying community and destroying jobs. And so um, 
you know, at this point um, in Costa Mesa, the, we've, the fight has, has really remained uh, largely in Costa Mesa. And the city continues to explore outsourcing um, to the public sector and to the private sector, uh, which is a little bit puzzling because the courts have told them they cannot outsource to the private sector. Um, you know, th- that, that case is wending its way through, uh, through the court system now. We may go to trial. Um, but they continue also exploring opportunities to outsource to the public sector um, through joint powers agreements. And um, we learned uh, about a month ago that the entire request for proposal process they were going through was in violation of their own rules. Exactly. So they've, they've had to start over. And, um, you know, we've been able to participate in those processes again. And it's one of the, the, the very interesting things about outsourcing um, when it comes to public agencies. It has to be done with such care because you really open yourself up to a litany of issues, including public corruption. Um, you know, public agencies are uh, are service providers. They're not they're not profit centers. And so, when you develop um, plans and proposals to outsource to the private sector, you have to be incredibly careful that the public's needs are going to continue to be met, and that um, and that 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 the public will be served and that there are not politicians in the mix, um, you know, getting, uh, getting kickbacks or, um, or otherwise abusing the system. And so, you know, we learned from the very beginning of this issue in Costa Mesa that, that they really just tried to jam this down everybody's throat. They made the decision in two days uh, with a two-man budget committee that, um, that was a meeting in violation of the Brown Act. And, you know, we, we've learned over the course of this time that, they, that, that they've made uh, huge mistakes and have had to start all over again. So yeah, The irony isn't lost on us, the, the uh, matter of the transparency that Mayor Monahan, Council Members Messinger and Righeimer and Hatch were talking about that the transparency uh, was a, I guess, a, a fiction in their campaign. It didn't quite hold up. Right. There's a huge difference between real transparency and perceived transparency. Publishing the names and um, and salaries of every municipal worker in the city without even notifying them ahead of time is not real transparency. Real transparency is, is showing the public who you're talking to, who's helping inform the decisions that you're making and what the real motivations are. Well, uh, Jennifer and Rick, um we know that uh, Wisconsin's reaction to the, the division over labor issues resulted in a handful of recall elections. Is there anything like that stirring in Costa Mesa? You know, that's up to the public, and I think that everybody is just really focused on slowing the uh, city council members down and, um, and looking forward to, you know, perhaps 2012 to see what happens next. Yeah, I, I would just add to that that, you know, we have 200,000 union members in Orange County that the Labor Federation represents. And we are watching this extremely carefully. I mean, we're, we're a political organization. We look, at, we look at opportunities and we look at supporting candidates that support working families uh, and fairness in our communities. And we will be looking very, very carefully as we move towards the future, because we know what happens in Costa Mesa could happen very easily to other cities, other communities, and to the private sector as well. And so we have to be very, very cautious. We have to be on our, 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 our best behavior to figure out who is 
is uh, which candidates are out there that are really going to represent our communities and our workers. And we'll be watching the city of Costa Mesa as well as, as well as other cities to see where there are opportunities to support candidates that really support working men and women in this country. So the Petri dish in Costa, Costa Mesa is the one and only test case for the, um, the uh, Grover Narquist sort of ilk that um, are looking for places around the country to, to seed this kind of uh, undermining of the labor uh, situation. Is, is there any other place in Orange County right now, or they're just watching Costa Mesa for this opportunity? There are other cities in um, Orange County that are exploring outsourcing uh, at this point. Anaheim is um, is looking at outsourcing their libraries, which is insane um, when you think about the value uh, added to a community for library services. Um, and, you know, there are other cities that are looking at outsourcing. There's no city that's done it the way with the callousness and the, um, the irresponsible uh, behavior that, that was done in Costa Mesa. Rick, did you have yes, something to add Yes, I mean, we're, we, we know that numerous cities throughout not just Orange County but throughout Southern California are looking at this test case, and they're looking at what happened in Wisconsin and the, the reaction of the working men and women of that state, as well as other states in the Midwest who have gone through this same turmoil of, of being attacked uh, and having their collective bargaining rights being attacked. So everyone's been watching this very carefully. And because of the reaction of workers, not only in Costa Mesa, but in other parts of this country and other parts of Orange County, I think they're being very cautious as they move forward and they see the type of activity that goes on after the attacks uh, start taking place. So I think the Orange County Employees Association uh, have, have done a phenomenal job at making sure that the community is well-educated about the issues. And regardless of party affiliation, they believe, look, at we're, we've got good men and women who care about our community, who work in our community, that want to see us prosper uh, in the community, and they don't want to see them lose their jobs. So it's, it's been a great outpouring of community support in the city of Costa Mesa, just like it has been in other cities throughout this country, that uh, the community doesn't really like when workers are being attacked and their families are being attacked, that that is the fiber of this country. That's the backbone of this country, working families. And when they're under attack, we're going to fight back. And so I, I really applaud the Orange County Employees Association for the work that they've done in Costa Mesa, and of course the or the Orange County Labor Federation for all its support to make sure that we fight back and protect those jobs. Can you two talk to the newly formed Repair Costa Mesa um, entity? How how are they doing? How are they still engaged in the situation? How do people get a hold of them? So Repair Costa Mesa is a coalition of community leaders, business uh, owners, and other members of the Costa Mesa community, along with um, the Orange County Employees Association and members of the city workforce. They have been out for the past um, five months, you know, talking to their neighbors. They, uh, they have distributed signs in the community. There are about 5,000 cancelable layoff signs in lawns right now in Costa Mesa. And they continue um, to run a website, repaircostamesa.com, and okay, a that's Facebook an... page, which is um, 
facebook.com slash repair Costa Mesa. Um, and they, you know, are continuing to ed- educate the public about what's happening in Costa Mesa and the city council's bad priorities. I just wanted to ask, there was one thing in the New Yorker that was uh, addressing one of the council members' solutions for, it was like a like a sexual harassment case that was costing the city, I don't remember how many six digits, it was 200000 or $500,000. Right. And so um, that... Uh, there's no such thing as a city assigning that liability to a, a private company to pay that out. Right. I mean, the, the reasoning that some of the members of the city council used um, in that article was was incredibly disappointing. They made they made comments about the city workforce that were just demoralizing, and they've continued to do that at city council meetings as well. As well. You know, when this whole issue started, as we've talked about before, they yes. said there was a budget need to, to lay off all these people and reduce the jobs. And at the very last city council meeting, which was in... Um, which was more than a month ago. They actually took the month of uh, of August to save off. money, no doubt. Um, but at the very last city council meeting, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Jim Reichheimer looked at the president of the Costa Mesa City Employees Association and told her, "It's not that we don't have the money; it's that we don't have it for you or your employees." Ooh, that's that's it's appalling. That I think that they just don't have they don't have a sense of you know what this larger community is about and it's like they're taking all the toys and putting it in their side of the sandbox and taking all the sand with them taking it all put it all in the same corner of the sandbox it's amazing the Costa Mesa sandbox right well I want to remind those of you or those who've just joined us we're talking to Jennifer Muir communications director of the Orange County Employees Association and Rick Ryden executive president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Local Union and OC Labor Federation um, I also uh, I was interested in knowing what are the numbers um, for membership Rick telling you about o- Orange County's unions you were talking about you're representing 200,000 members are those numbers holding or is this a this is a problem here with maintaining that with various trends afoot well surprisingly um the Orange County Labor Federation has grown in size over the last five years uh, by leaps and bounds. And uh, we've probably almost doubled our membership uh, with the leadership of Tafari Gabre as our executive director of the Orange County Labor Federation. And so uh, if you look at how we have grown as a labor movement in Orange County, the Labor Federation has done good. Individual unions have struggled in this economy. As as we saw the economy take a downturn, uh, some of the building and construction trade unions uh, were hit very hard uh, and, and subsequently lost a significant amount of membership uh, because of the, the downturn of the economy. Uh, but overall, I think we have seen a strengthening of our of our labor movement here in Orange County. We've seen tremendous growth in some of the private sector unions uh, with the hotel restaurant employees union uh, gaining some uh, new membership with some hotels that they've organized. Um, And we've seen some other uh, private sector unions who have had some growth. So we're we're excited about that. Uh, At the same time, we understand that we're all vulnerable with what's going on with Costa Mesa and what's going on in corporate America as they blame workers for what's happening in Wall Street. Uh, We are the scapegoat for corporate America, and so we're very cognizant that we need to be 
very aggressive in our organizing strategies and to educate our current members and future members about the benefits of collective bargaining. So we are growing here in Orange County. We have great leadership uh, and we have great uh, affiliates like the Orange County Employees Association who have really strengthened the labor movement here in Orange County. Well, maybe that's what's keeping Grover Norquist up at night, thinking, well, if he doesn't get Costa Mesa now, he'll never get it. With the I, and Yes? I, I believe that, too. I believe when they look at the programs that uh, that we have going here in Orange County that are unique to Orange County, some of the voter uh, registration programs that we've got going on, some of the organizing efforts and the mobilization that we can uh, that we can produce in Orange County is has been phenomenal. We have led the state, uh, the the California Labor Federation, in turnout numbers and phone bankers, and so I think uh, uh, in in light of of such a conservative county that we live in that we've done a phenomenal job in maintaining and growing our memberships. Well, hats off to both of you for playing a very important role and large role in that. And uh, I wish you both well. I thank you for both being on the show this morning. Um, and I, uh, it's good to have you both. Jennifer Muir of the Orange County Municipal Employees Association and Rick Iden of the United Food and commercial workers. Look, we haven't gotten to the the grocery store. We can take that up when things get really hot with that later on, Rick, if you'll be back on the show. But thank you both for coming on to Ask a Leader this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having thank you. us. Thank you. Good luck to you both. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a wonderful treat to hear what's going on because we know a lot been, has been breaking and shaking there uh, in Costa Mesa. We'll post you when we have some more developments. Uh, so uh, after this uh, break we're going to take shortly, we're going to have the student body presidents and other officers of the high schools throughout Irvine Unified School District. They're just about to start classes. So this is our last chance to see what they have in store for their constituencies. That is the students of Uni High, Woohoo! Woodbridge High, Irvine High. Uh, no, we don't have Irvine High. Sorry about that, Mr. Allman. And uh, Northwood High School. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. As I promised, we have with us, it's just, it's just loaded with such, uh, such executive functions here, I got to tell you. I have, um, my, as my guest has promised, the Associate Student Body Presidents and other officers of three of Irvine Unified School District's high schools. They were elected last May and will serve through next spring. Here with me in Studio A are Let's see, what do we have feedback going? We shouldn't have any feedback. Um, in, with me in Studio A, um, let's see here. I don't, we don't have that. Do we have, anybody have any some electronics? We're, okay, we'll try this. Uh, any, uh, they are, in this order, we have Ted Kim, ASB President, and Adrian Molzen, Audio Commissioner for Uni High, Nadav Hollander, the ASB President, and Yumi Nishi, the Vice President of Woodbridge High School, and finally, Rini Sampath, Associate Student Body President of Northwood High School. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. See how, and it isn't even overheating in here. We've just got it worked out enough here. So I want to start by asking each one of you, and Ted and Adrian can be the first to speak to this. 
give us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and that kind of thing. This oh. is Ted. Um, well, I was born and in Korea, South Korea, and I came to the United States when I was about two and a half, three, and pretty much spent the rest of my life until now in Irvine growing up. I went to Turtle Rock Elementary, West Park Elementary, and Rancho, and then now I'm at University High School. Okay. Adrian? Um, I as well, well, no, not as well, but I was born <laughs> in Irvine, born and raised from Turtle Rock to Rancho and straight up until uni. And we're going to give everybody's ethnic background. I know you're not just from the USA. You got a little, your foot was sort of somewhere else, too. Well, yeah. Every summer I go and I travel to uh, Switzerland for a month or two. That's where your extended family is over there on your mom's side? Indeed, yes. Okay, thank you. And then how about, uh, oh, yes, and Nadav and Yumi from Woodbridge High School. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Um, My name is Nadav. I guess we're all talking about the ethnic background thing. So uh, I, uh, I lived in uh, Israel for four years from the ages of four to eight. And uh, I also went to Turtle Rock Elementary and uh, Rancho Middle School for like a year or so. And yeah, that pretty much sums it up for me. I, I go to Israel every summer. And uh, yep, I'll pass it over to you. You and me. Hi, this is Yumi. Um, I was born in Japan, and I lived there for, I think, about, like, five years. And um, I've also lived in Virginia for a couple years, but uh, since third grade, I've lived here in Irvine, went to Oak Creek Elementary, and then to Lakeside Middle School, and now I'm at Woodbridge. Thank you. And Rini? Hi, this is Rini. So I was born in India, and I lived there for three years. And I moved to Singapore, where I lived there for another three years before moving to Arizona, where I lived for eight years. So I actually moved to Irvine the beginning of my sophomore year. So I'm here at Northwood High School. <laughs> so that's what I, I'm marveling at, how, Rini, you were able to arrive late on the scene as far as uh, your peers might have been concerned at um, at Northwood and establish yourself as a contributor and a, something of a leader that they would get you, they'd first elect you as junior class president and now ASB president. Right. I think it was very interesting for me to move in the middle of my high school career. I mean, I came and I was like, I don't know what exactly I'm supposed to be doing here, but then I thought I really found my place by running for ASB. And, you know, I'm really grateful for the students at Northwood High School who really trusted me to be the best junior class president that I could be and you know for this year as ASB president so I really hope that I do them justice (laughs) okay well we'll see we'll see about that and we'll see what your vision is Uh, we're going to start the a real delightful question I know it got very fertile for um, a little back and forth when we did this a year ago we'll start with Ted and Adrian what your plans are what's your what are you going to be your pet projects for uni high students this year um, well, pretty That's, much. This is Ted talking. Oh hi. Um, pretty much, I think my goal for this year is, I know in past years at University High School, especially ASB, sort of viewed as like the like elite student group at at school. And I think the goal, my goal for this year, is sort of to sort of take a step down and make ASB sort of like a family group and make everyone see that it's not really like we're not here for ourselves, but we're actually here. We are this the associated student body, so we're here to serve the students and we're here to make sure that their high school experience is the best that it can be. And I think Adrian is going to talk a little bit about just what ASB does and how we're a team and a family. 
Um, well, you see, um, I was actually not elected. In fact, I went through an interview process to get a, to be um, on ASB. Which one do you think was more grueling, you guys? <laughs> probably, probably the election. It was a lot more nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, but it seems like the your job position is not as important as what it, as just being on ASB and what you can provide for the rest of the student body. And so in the interview, more of the questions were about how you can contribute to ASB as a whole and make it more cohesive and more like to work together more fluidly. And so I think that I want to keep that up and make sure that we keep ASB running together to help the student body be the best. How many on the board is this that you have to pull off, keeping them together? Um, Our ASB has around 40 people. 40? Yes. Half of them, like a third of them were elected and two-thirds of them were uh, appointed? Um, Actually, I believe five of us or six of us are elected and six of us are elected and the rest of us are appointed. Okay. And uh, let's step back a minute. Who appointed you, Adrian? Students? Faculty? It was... Custodians? A board of the elected president and vice president and then um asb members from the previous year so the graduating class and then a couple of the the two asb advisors so the guy on your immediate left he was one of them indeed he was (laughs) okay all righty yeah okay thank you so nadav and yumi Oh, oh, wait a minute. You've got, uh, we've got, you talked about the composition. We're going to, uh, well, let's, we can talk about the compositions of each of the ASB boards at each school, and then we'll go back to the pet project. So, it's, Ted, open it up a little bit, but let's let Nadav and Yumi talk to what they envision th- them doing with, with both the board and the student body as a whole. Uh, well, uh, this is Nadav, by the way. Um, really, for this next coming year, we've kind of wanted to take on the goal of uh, last year's ASB president, Natalie Aronson. She was really big on creating sort of a unification throughout our school to like really kind of increase the sort of like not necessarily just the warrior spirit, but also on oh, sorry, <laughs> but also just generally the, the whole warrior identity and the campus culture around our school. So uh, we really want to keep that ball rolling to really encourage this sort of campus unity and this pride in being a warrior. And so uh Really, I mean, there's a couple of ways we've decided to go about that. I mean, we want to really increase our cooperation with the faculty because we felt that that's kind of been lacking throughout previous years. But um, we have a lot of ideas, so we're really excited. Yumi, Nishi? Just like what Nadav said, um, our biggest goal is unity as warriors. And um, uh, we really want to increase, like, everybody, like, inside. Like, I want people to come to school, like, being excited to be a warrior. And um, we just had our first football game last week. And I think it's going to turn out really great this year. Um, everybody was th- oh, everybody there was really spirited. And, like, we all did cheers together. So I'm hoping that goes and we keep that up throughout the whole year. Okay. I, I just want to interject that, you know, last year your predecessors had some similar goals. So it must be pretty uphill to sort of provide a kind of a cohesive feeling about a high school and I, I, I want to step back to I know uni has an enrollment of about was it 2500 and how many are at Woodbridge what's the um, student body about uh, 2200 20, you know it was a very hard number to find online by the way I tried to be prepared <laughs> and it was just it wasn't I don't know if it was buried it was there anywhere and and Rini how many are there at Wood at uh, Northwood 
There's about 2,200. Yeah. Okay, so this is these constituencies are large, probably as large as some sort of a Nevada uh, county boards of supervisors, or uh, maybe some uh, <laughs> something like that, or or other even bigger states. So um, anyway, uh, so did you want to say more to what some of the some specific projects like so they were very specific last year about what they were going to do? October was this, and April was going to be this. Did you have something like that set up yet, or is it a little too early yet? Um, well, I mean, we, usually we're kind of sticking to the mainly the, the traditional events we've been doing every year. But mm-hmm. um, uh, one thing that we're really trying to expand a lot this year, and uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to Abby Iyer, who I'm sure is listening right now. Feel free. Um, she is our ASB Spirit Commissioner, and she's been doing an absolutely fantastic job in um, creating. And Well, I mean, it's already existed, but we're really trying to expand it a lot. And uh, it's called Warrior Tribe. It's our spirit squad for our school. Um, I'll admit it's a bit modeled after a certain school's Trojan army. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but we're really trying, I mean, so far it's been super successful. We had our first, uh, warrior tribe camp, uh, was it on Friday? Friday? Yeah. On Friday. And, uh, honestly, I mean, it brought so many people out to the game. We had this huge student section. It was a ton of fun and, uh, she's been doing a fantastic job with that. And we really think that's going to be really making a difference on our campus this coming year. And I encourage all of my guests here to speak up to uh, shout outs to various people. Who knows who's awake right now? I can vouch. I know, I know one uni high, high school senior who's still asleep. I know he's not listening to my show, Damon. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so anyway, um, Rini, what are some of your pet projects that you have envisioned for this year? Well, this year we're really trying to change it up, I would say, uh, from the past years. And one of our main focuses is, again, to raise spirit. So I would say we have modeled this after the similar high schools, uh, but we're going to do something called Pack Attack. Shout out to my friend Catherine Edmond, our girls' athletics commissioner, who's really organizing this. It's uh, been amazing because we're trying to rally a lot of school spirit at Northwood because in the past we have been lacking, and we will admit to that. But other than the school spirit side of things, I think Northwood's unique that in that we have a, you know, a very diverse student body from creative individuals to spirited, sporty individuals, and we want to cater to all of these types of people. So we have different events like a spelling bee. We do uh, fine arts nights. You know, we're really trying to showcase that we aren't just about dances and football games. We're trying to go for everyone on our campus. So that's one of our main goals, I would say. So nobody has an excuse to stay away because they're not a part of the so the marauding athletic crowds. There, there's everything for somebody. Exactly. That's exactly what we're going for at Northwood. Very, very good. Well, um, so there's a okay. I'm glad to see a little kind of back and forth here now about <laughs> how a spirit group has sort of picked up on a template of a nearby school. So, are there any other overlapping goals, challenges going on? From previous years or of what you've experienced, do you, ever, do you guys ever go to anybody else's events? Do you ever go say, I'm going to go to Woodbridge tonight and see what there's such and such, or I, I Woodbridge, I'm going to go to Northwood and see what that spelling bee is about? Have you ever done that? Um, I feel like that's something that's usually more like a invitation-based, because <laughs> I feel like uh, generally just kind of crashing into the school's dance <laughs> is a, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's nice to at least have like a little forewarning before you come. Okay, so that's the protocol then. You, you, maybe that's something that you can do as a student body officer. Say, well, you know, let's be sure to make a, a formal invitation, get on somebody else's video uh, cast, and talk about they can join us for A, B, C, D, and bring their checkbooks. Uh, <laughs> and while I do know that, um, this is Ted. 
Um, I, um, this was a little while ago, but we tried... I know that University High School has sort of like this sort of like... We've been sort of low on spirit these past couple of years. And, no, really? <laughs> um, well, compared to like the of uh, about four years ago when um, our football team won CI... Um, I'm not CF League, but... The spirit sort of went a little downhill. I know that um, Co- Coach McCaffrey has been trying to sort of bring the Trojan Army back up and sort of have this, like, revival. But we, at our pep assemblies, we've been having sort of, like, a difficult time. And a big goal for us this year as well was trying to up the spirit at our pep assemblies. And so I know that Beckman High School has very, very, very spirited pep assemblies. And so what we've done, what we're trying to do is sort of get someone, a representative at one of their pep assemblies, just to see what the atmosphere is like and what they're doing right. And so we can sort of bring that back to our school. So do they wear the Trojan t-shirt in there with a little Stetson hat or something like that? <laughs> um, I'm not exactly, I'm pretty sure we're trying to stay a little hidden, so it's not like so obvious we're trying to copy them, but... Don the Patriot gear. <laughs> yes. Well, I want to uh, let all of you know who've just tuned in, we're talking to the ASB um, officers around Irvine Unified School District. That is Ted Kim and Adrian Molson of University High School, Nadav Hollander and Yumi Nishi of Woodbridge High School, and Rini Sampath of Northwood High School. So they're amidst talking about uh, projects, um, directions, movements, agendas, and that kind of a thing. Maybe there's some more you'd like to add, any one of you. This is Rini. Hi again. Uh, so something cool that we're doing this year is we used to have this dance called Winter Whiteout, and last year it didn't go so well just because I think it wasn't advertised as well and whatnot. But this year we're bringing back the back to school dance. This was done about uh, I think four years ago, and our theme is actually a disco theme. So it's kind of retro. It's going to be really fun. It's called Back in the Groove, and that's been my little project of mine just for the beginning of the year. But we're uh, we're really focused on homecoming at the moment. I know a lot of uh, my fellow officers are at registration right now and stressing a little bit about what they're doing for homecoming because they do have we have taken on a lot for homecoming because we want to make it the biggest that it has been in the past years at Northwood. So I just wanted to share that. Who's in charge of that? Uh, The homecoming dance is actually in charge. uh, My ASB vice president is in charge of that, Simone DeLuna, and she has been doing a fabulous job. So shout out to her and uh, I love you, Simone. (laughs) Guys from Uni High? Um, well, one of the things that we've been doing for the past, I don't know how many years, a very long time, but um, is this thing called Spirit Week. And w- what we do is we have all four years of the different councils. They get together, and we have a theme set out. And this year, it's Ancient Civilizations. Ooh, for Trojans. That's great. <laughs> exactly. And so we have each council do is for each year they have a competition and they see who can build who can deck out a, a separate building into their own ancient civilization so like for example the seniors this year are going to deck out the 200s building um in rome in like the roman style so they're gonna have like chariots or like the Colosseum and things like that and so that and so for the entire week, we kind of build it up with lunch fests and things like that. And those are helpful to, like, raise school spirit. Okay. Yes, uh, Nadav Hollander from Woodbridge High School. Uh, yeah, actually, um, at our school, we have this uh, sort of yearly tradition that we do for homecoming where uh, basically every class makes this, um, makes this skit that we perform during the, half- the homecoming halftime show. And... Uh, 
I mean, it gets insanely competitive. Just it's 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 probably like considered sort of the highlight of every class council's year. Really, is um, they really they pour themselves into these skits, and it almost turns into like a mini production. I mean, I, I mean, you can you can look on YouTube online. You can see the videos of previous years, and the series always just go insane. We just go, we just go to Woodbridge on YouTube. How do we find that? That'd be kind. Of, and are they supposed to be funny? Or are they dramatic or both? Both, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, generally, you you kind of try to make a good mix of both comedy and also kind of like the sort of flashy visuals and dance and it's 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 really cool it's real really a ton of fun and even though it's only like a minute and 30 seconds long for each class it's it's months of work oh, it's, I, it's insane i can vouch for that one hour out of a week of a radio show i can uh, consecutive <laughs> weeks uh, it i can vouch for what a, a highly produced audio visual must look like in terms of the, the work going into that Yumi, did you also want to add to uh, how you're going to be a part of that or other projects? Um, well, I was just at uh, El Toro the other day talking to their advisor, and we're um, at Woodbridge. We're going to try to invent the event that uh, El Toro, I believe, started last year, and it's called What If Week. And the main point is to uni- like to bring unity. And um, so there's things like what if we cared, what if we were responsible. Um, that has to do with uh, no texting while driving, and there's like a really intense video about like um people who have died from like using their cell phones while driving and um we'd get like uh what's they're like finger bands kind of it's like a little ring and it says like texting kills and so whenever they would look down to text they would see on their thumb texting kills so like we were were trying to get students to stop texting i want five thousand of those (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so there's other like great events like um one day there'd be a compliment wall so we would just put out a lot of walls and people could just take slips and write compliments or like like to their friends or to like anybody out there and it's just like really um and it's just like a great way to like bring the schools together and like like have everybody do like good things you know like bring happiness to the school i guess (laughs) so this takes the edge off of coming back to school there's all this great stuff happening now i just um not that i'm obsessing on just uni high things but because i'm not because i'm really really uh, uh really daunted by all the great projects that you're considering but can I find out what the other civilizations are going to be uh, for that? Um, it's not. We went from what if week to um, what was it called? The week? Oh, the Spirit Week. Spirit week. What are the other uh, the sections of what other classes going to prepare? Um, well, this I've, is Ted. There's Ancient Greece as well. I mean, not Ancient Greece. There's Ancient Rome, which the seniors have. Ancient Egypt, and then there's uh, I think China. Ancient China as and well then as Ancient Mes- uh, Mesoamerica. No, Mesoamerica. Yeah. Ooh. What are the freshmen? Do you know? The so freshmen are Mesoamerica. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. So, for those of you listening, we're uh, talking to the associate student body officers of Uni High. That's Ted Kim, Adrian Molson, and of the uh, and Nadav Hollander and Yumi Nishi of Woodbridge High School and Rani Sampath of Northwood High School. Uh, I wanted to find out now because we don't have a whole lot of time, but we're going to squeeze this last all important question is. Where do each five of you see yourselves headed after you're done with high school next June? <laughs> oh, do you want to think about that a little bit? No, uh, that you know, it may be that uh, your plants might be changing when the spring rolls around. But if you want to just sort of give us if what's if you're going to take your year off, you're going to go to uh, the best possible school that your parents can afford <laughs> to send you. You're going to not decide, you're going to hold your breath for the next nine months and then then figure it out? Or, um, uh, you know, what sorts of things? Are you going to try to work because you're not sure um, what's going on here with this economy? 
Um, well, uh, this is Nadav. Nadav Hollander of Woodbridge High School. <laughs> I like being introduced every time. Um, uh, yeah, uh, really, uh, I mean, I know for sure that personally I'm doing the whole college application thing right now, and so I'm going to see where I get in. But uh, one thing that uh, recently I started thinking about doing is uh, I'm pretty sure I want to take a gap year. Um, for one of two reasons, um, either because uh, I'm actually in a band and we, we're very serious, we play a lot, and uh, we're considering really taking sort of the time to like have a year off and really to like focus completely on music and such. And uh, also, I'm, I'm seriously considering maybe doing uh, um, a year of service in Israel because personally I have a really strong cultural connection to the country. And so uh, I'm really considering taking a gap year and maybe moving there for a year. My family all lives there. And uh, who knows, I might do a year in the Army. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I was wondering if that uh, the Israeli tradition and obligation of, uh, of, of military service was influenced your, your thought about that. It looks like it has to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, both my parents went to the Army. Every single person in my family went to the Army, excluding my sisters. And, uh, but I mean, they could have. They could have, yeah. I mean, I, I got my draft letter. I think a couple months back, and uh, I mean, it's it's easy to get out of if you're an American citizen, but uh, but I mean, it just it kind of reminds you that you're still connected to the country and such. So I don't know. I, I have friends of mine who are Israeli Americans who are going back and doing the mandatory three years of of uh, army service. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm considering it, but it's, it's it would be kind of weird to start college as like 22 years old personally. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, some of the better students are those mature students who know exactly what they want. They they Very make true. the most of it. Sometimes the younger students have a hard time trying to figure out. But not Irvine Unified School District. That Somehow there's an <laughs> application I can't believe is there. And you meet while you were still with Woodbridge High School. What do you see yourself doing at the end of this academic year when you're done with high school? Um, well, uh, as of right now, uh, I think I want to become an architect, I think. Um, I interned at an interior designing company this summer and I had a lot of fun. So I'm kind of leaning more towards architecture and interior design, somewhere along those lines. So hopefully I find out what I want to do this year and, you know, go for it. Okay, fine. Rini? Uh, so I'm really planning on applying to a college for political science or international relations at the end of this year. And hopefully, you know, I'll get into law school after that. And I really want to pursue a career in politics, actually. I want to be a senator. That is my ultimate big dream, I guess you could say. Wow. So <laughs> there's the trajectory. We'll have to keep track of what Rini's <laughs> up to. Keep track of what everybody's up to. These are all really amazing uh, plans. And Ted and Adrian at Uni High. Um, well, my goal is um, attend a four-year university or college and hopefully go into pre-medicine or business. I'm still on the fence, so... Are, are lots of relatives battling over which one you should do? Your your mind's going back and forth? Um, not so much, but um, I have a sister who's at Brown University, and she's she's sort of a, she's a cognitive, science neuro, cognitive neuroscience major, and she's hoping to teach, and so we're taking completely opposite routes. Um, I'm hoping that at college I'll be able to sort of like like dabble in both the subjects and find something that I really like and pursue it. All right. Adrian, Molson. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I've been thinking a lot this last summer about what I want to do, and I really can't tell yet. I think I just haven't, I just need to, like, try out all these different options. And so I'm probably going to apply to, like, a four-year college or university and then just see where it goes from there. All right. 
The world's your oyster, everybody. It's amazing. <laughs> well, what I wanted to do was um, ask each of you to consider coming back in the spring. I wasn't successful in pulling this off last year, but I want to see where everybody's going. We, we can measure how your projects took off the, the ones that are continued from the, the previous you know rituals of, of, at your respective schools and uh, the ones that you've initiated this year and find out you know what what application you filled that you went all the way to it being accepted and you accepting that school or you taking that military duty or whatever so I'd like to um, see if we can all get back it's going to be tricky on a Tuesday we'll have to find that Tuesday off it might be the I don't know. Spring break isn't close enough to when decisions are made, but it's we're getting close. So, but we'll, or right the first Tuesday after your graduation and you're good and done with your high schools, <laughs> and you don't even want to talk about being student body officer. I'm still going to make you talk about that. So, I I want to thank you all for being on the show today on Ask a Leader. I wish you all the success, and I do look forward to having us get back together here in the spring. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Well, that was a ton of fun having everybody here. Um, before I conclude the entire show and turn you over to Senior George Rosales, I just wanted to mention that on this uh, weekend, on the, uh, the 10th of September, we are going to have a Orange County Progressive Summit to be held at the Delhi Community Center, and that is at the 505 East Central Avenue in Santa Ana. It's from 9 till 5.30. I was toying with the idea of having one of the keynote speakers, Jim Hightower, be on the show for just a few minutes, but he wasn't able to get away from his writing uh, regime that he has every morning there in Texas. But um, besides Jim Hightower's keynote will be Christine Chavez, who is the uh, granddaughter of Cesar Chavez. So they'll be there. And if you want more information about the OC Progressive Summit, then that's in its website, www.ocprogressivesummit.org. I want to thank everybody for joining us this show today and look forward to uh, taking up with my next week. Um, I have the director for the Global Peace and Conflict Studies, Cecilia Lynch, economist Sergio Scapertis, and a local member of the clergy. And we'll be talking about what hasn't been covered up until that point on uh, September 13th, uh, the commemorations conducted on the 10th anniversary of September 11th. Meanwhile, as I said, stay tuned for George Rosales with George Had a Hat. When the good things disappear, everything dies, and you ask yourself why. Two and a half, wanna laugh through the math. Winner of my discontent, freedom's gonna pay the rent. Time, time. now. Well, it appears it's ugly.